0: This is a pre recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Shaleos on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about peer supports for recovery. And with me from Davis Behavioral Health, Nicole Cunha, who's the Adult Mental Health Director, and Christy Brown, the Recovery Support Program Supervisor. Thanks to both of you for being here today.
1: Well, thank you for having us. It's really great to be here.
0: Let's start out and talk about Davis Behavioral Health's Receiving Center and recovery support, recovery supports. Give us some basic idea of what exactly you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Nicole Cunha, and I am the Adult Mental Health Director. And in my role, I serve as the director of our Receiving Center. Um, So what the Receiving Center is a a crisis walk-in and um, crisis respite Receiving Center. So people in any kind of mental health, behavioral health, or substance use crises, can essentially come into the receiving center to access immediate help, support, um, crisis respite. Um, We offer some fantastic services to include medication-assisted treatment, um, ASAP evaluation by a therapist, and immediate engagement with recovery support specialists or peer support specialists. So that's a little bit about one component of the receiving center. Um, One other component of the receiving center is that it is a pre-booking jail diversion site for law enforcement and also a crisis drop-off point for law enforcement. So law enforcement can bring people to the receiving center in lieu of charging them with a misdemeanor offense that's related to a substance use and mental health charge and if they engage with the receiving center and continue to remain engaged with uh, some kind of recovery or treatment for 60 days after they leave the receiving center um, then no charges will ever be filed so it's a little bit different than alternative diversion programs in that somebody coming to the receiving center uh, may never actually see the charge um, for which they could potentially uh, face, um, saving them, you know, potentially thousands of dollars in court costs, fees, jail time, loss of employment or housing due to um, potentially being stuck in stuck in jail. Um, so really, kind of takes the the jail out of the picture, gives people the alternative for. Um, for treatment right away.
0: Okay, Nicole, this is something I have never heard anything about. Is this a fairly new approach, a fairly new program?
1: Yeah, so the Receiving Center is um, the jail diversion component, the pre-booking jail diversion component, is the first of its kind in the country, which is really, really exciting. Uh, The Receiving Center at Davis Behavioral Health and the partnerships with the law enforcement agents in Davis County are relatively new. Most of them have been with us for about six months. Uh, some are, have joined in, in the last couple of months. But ultimately, yes, completely new, uh, kind of transforming the way that we approach uh, law enforcement um, in the community and how they approach their, uh, their constituents and um, giving them really the, the support and the help that they need.
0: That's really an amazing program. Uh, I want to delve into that more in just a bit, but I want to talk first uh, or right now just about how COVID-19 is really impacting those people who are really struggling. And maybe, Christy, you could help us out here. Uh, talk about what is happening, what you are seeing, and how it's been different with COVID-19.
2: Um In general, with recovery support, because we are in the community, we are face to face with clients. That's how it was before COVID right now. Trying to connect people to recovery from a telehealth perspective is a lot different. And it's a a lot harder to get people involved and to help alleviate some of that stress in life without that personal connection, because that's what a lot of people are lacking. And so this has put a stress on our clients and us personally as professionals in a lot of different ways.
0: Right. Are you seeing more people reach out for help as a result of COVID and these extra stressors? Um, Or has it been the opposite effect?
2: (laughs) It's been kind of the opposite effect, actually. Um, It's put more stress, and so people kind of just go back into their old coping ways. And so we have made it our mission to reach out more to our clients More telephone calls, almost daily telephone calls to a lot of people. We have groups every day of the week, but we have tried to make it that our mission to reach out to these individuals that are struggling a little bit more.
0: And, Nicole, go ahead. You can go ahead and weigh in what you've seen as well.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. Across the board, it's become more challenging for our clients to really properly engage in their recovery stories at the receiving center, it has created an additional barrier because we can't close this resource off to the community, but it, it can be somewhat challenging because the staff fatigue, the extended leaves of absence for COVID-type precautions, um, if somebody gets a headache or a fever or a sore throat, we can't have them at work, so it's really taken Take an additional strain on that. Uh, we have a what's referred to as a congregate care setting. So we have to take an incredibly high uh, volume of precautions to include fever checks, symptom checks, um, you know, essentially getting people into a stable and safe environment when they may be symptomatic or have Uh, had some type of exposure, we can't necessarily allow them to stay in an open bay dormitory congregate care setting. Uh, It's just been um, astonishing to see the strain that it's put on an already taxed resource system and also the strain that it's placed on our clients uh, because so many of them were fragile to begin with. And had limited adaptive coping, and now we are seeing this regression to really previous maladaptive coping skills as a result of, you know, the restrictions for, for services that kept kept them stable, kept them alive. So that's been really hard to witness and see and, and you know, guide clients and staff through.
0: Yeah, Christy, explain what you say to those folks when you do reach out to them about the importance of really staying on track and and doing what they need for recovery.
2: Um, A lot of that's not me. It's my staff. It's my employees that have been doing those outreach. But I do reach out to a lot of clients I've been in contact with a lot. And it's just reaching out and just emphasizing, sympathizing with them about what I'm going through, what they're going through, and how I do because I'm in recovery myself, so I can connect on that level with them of saying, what this is what's working for me, what's worked for you in the past, what can we do now and to move forward? And kind of back on what Nicole's saying, like when we get people into the receiving center, even trying to transition them out to outside resources, with their barriers that they're facing with COVID has been very difficult to try to get people into the right level of care and our, like because they're so confined with the different. I'm trying to find words. word. Sorry. Um, no worries. <laughs> um, trying to because um, they have guidelines with COVID, too, and they can only accept so many people. The bed situation with like residential treatment is very scarce. Um, so trying to get people in the right level and especially housing, St- stable housing is one of the hardest things that we try to get people into. And how is somebody supposed to work on their recovery and move forward in any aspect without kind of stable housing? So that's been a huge barrier.
0: I know that recovery is individual. I mean, it's very personal for each person, and what works is, you know, individual as well. But is there something that we can take away from this time that really does work for everyone? Some advice that that you guys would give to people who are struggling?
1: I would say don't be afraid to reach out for help. You know, I think that in many ways the community has rallied, rallied. Uh, the, the receiving center davis behavioral health we are here for our community to engage them to connect with them and to to help them in whatever way we can and to not be afraid or ashamed that it is hard right now it's so challenging to to see our friends and neighbors and ourselves really really go through such a cultural I would say trauma you know this has been quite um quite a kind of catastrophe that's hit our community and uh, it's been so challenging in so many ways but that don't be afraid to reach out for help that's what we're here for and um you know that's that's all I got there
2: (laughs) yeah all I would would have to add to that is that we're in this together so let's get through this together and help each other so all right. It's not an individual problem, it's a community problem, we're in it together. So,
0: We need to take a break. Let's give the numbers for folks who need some resources. First of all, the phone number for the receiving center, 801-513-2800, and for other resources, 801-773-7060, and we'll be right back on Healthy Mind Matters.